This is Adam Hulse. Thanks for tuning into this episode of my podcast where I'm going to be talking about the Major League Baseball playoffs now that the regular season is complete and all of the matchups for the first round of baseball playoffs are set up. In this episode, I'm going to be giving just some analysis, some breakdowns, as well as some of my predictions of what I think are going to happen in this year's MLB postseason. After that, I will be doing the NFL Week 3 rundown in the same way that I've done NFL Weeks 1 and 2. But before we get to all of that, let's just do a little review and catch up on some of the other things that we've talked about in our past couple episodes of the podcast. Let's start with the NHL and the Stanley Cup Finals, which are currently going on. As I record this on a Monday morning, the Lightning currently lead the Stars 3-2 to two in that Stanley Cup Final. Game 6 will be tonight, so by the time this podcast is released and you get a chance to listen to it, it's possible that the Stanley Cup Finals could all already be over if the Lightning were to win game six or the Stars could force a game seven. I personally think that the Lightning are going to finish off this series tonight, Lightning in six. And if not in six, I do think that the Lightning would then get it done in game seven. I think the Lightning are going to be the Stanley Cup champs this year. A couple of episodes ago, right before the conference finals of the NHL, I did say to take the Lightning at minus 150 to win the cup. I think we have a really good chance at cashing that one. We just need to win one of these last two games. The Lightning would win the cup and we would win our futures bet. So, okay, now let's move on over to the NBA. The NBA finals are getting ready to get underway. We have our two teams participating. It's going to be the Miami Heat from the East and the LA Lakers from the West. That series has not started yet, but game one for that will be on Wednesday night. This is the perfect NBA finals matchup when it comes to our futures bet if you listen to my podcast on the NBA season preview before the NBA bubble began I had future bets going in on the heat to win the east the Lakers to win the west and the Lakers to win the championship so we already cashed in on heat plus a thousand to win the east and Lakers plus 160 to win the west so two nice caches there for this finals we also have that Lakers to win it all that one we got at plus 260 so to make sure we make a profit on these finals we are going to be betting the other side as well with the heat plus 300 for that series price so yeah i definitely hit the nail on the head with my nba final prediction i got both teams in it and now we have plus 260 odds if the lakers win it all or plus 300 odds if the heat win it all so great situation there for the future plays and my prediction for this finals heat lakers the way i feel about it i am going to be rooting for the miami heat to win this one i think they've been a really fun team to watch they play great team basketball great defense but in all honesty I do think that the Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis are going to finish this series. I think they're going to make relatively quick work of it. I could see them winning in five, if not maybe six. Again, I will be rooting for the Miami Heat, but I think LeBron James and the Lakers are going to get it done and win the championship this year. Okay, so that gets us all caught up on both the NHL and the NBA. The one other thing I wanted to get to before diving into MLB and NFL was this past weekend UFC 253. We talked a lot about that pay-per-view in our last podcast episode with the double main event, double title up for grabs. In the first one, Jan Blahovich fought Dom Reyes. I thought Dom
Dom Reyes would win that fight. I think he is the better fighter overall. He's more well-rounded. He's definitely better and quicker on his feet. But honestly, I think he may have come into this fight a little overconfident after going the distance with John Jones and claiming that he thought that he won that fight with Jones. I think he came into this one against Blahovich almost assuming that he was going to win this fight because he was not his sharpest. He was not his cleanest. And Jan Blahovich knocked him out, scored the victory, and took the belt. So great win for Blahovich there. He's been waiting a long time for this opportunity. He's 38 years old, but Polish power brings the belt back to Poland. Great success for him. He's the current champ. Who's next for him? We're not sure yet. He personally called out John Jones. John Jones is, of course, reportedly moving up to heavyweight, but Blahovich is hoping that John Jones will change courses on that and come fight him at light heavyweight. It's kind of always been his dream as a light heavyweight contender to get an opportunity to one day fight John Jones. He calls him out here. We'll see what happens with that. I personally don't think Jones is coming back down right now. I think he's preparing for fights at heavyweight with Nganu and Stipe, but we'll see what happens there. And as for the real main event, the other title fight between the two undefeated fighters, champion Israel Adesanya and challenger Paulo Costa. I talked a lot about in this last episode how this is a true feud between these two, both undefeated fighters. Something's got to give. I talked a lot about how much I liked Israel Adesanya coming into this fight, being the much better technical fighter, the more experienced fighter, and that's exactly what he was in this fight. He completely picked apart Costa. Costa had no chance. Costa did not even land one clean knock on Israel Adesanya in this fight. Adesanya picked him apart and actually knocked him out in the second round. That's not the way I thought he would win the fight. I had said I thought it would probably be a long fight and a decision. I really liked Adesanya, so I was right about Adesanya winning the fight fairly easily. It was not by a decision, though. He knocked him out cleanly in the second round. Defending his belt and moving his overall MMA record now to 20 wins and zero losses. Interesting fact also about Adesanya, that is his 100th career win in combat sports when you combine MMA, boxing, and kickboxing. So extremely impressive career now for Adesanya. He's still in the prime of his career. I think he's going to hold this belt for a long time. As for what's next for Adesanya, he said that he wants Jared Cannonier as long as Cannonier is able to beat Robert Whitaker in their fight that's scheduled in a couple weeks. That's probably who he would get if Cannonier wins that fight or if Whitaker wins that fight, I think he would get Whitaker. He did already fight Whitaker and knock out Whitaker, but I think they would give Whitaker his rematch as long as he beats Cannonier. So pretty much that fight between those two, I think is going to determine who Adesanya's next title defense would come against. Okay, so now that we're caught up on all of that, let's get into the main thing that we wanted to talk about in this episode, and that is, of course, the MLB playoffs, which start on Tuesday this week. The first rounds of the MLB playoffs will be only a three-game series this year, and those three games would all be played in the higher seeds home stadium. After the first round, there'll be a five-game series, and then seven-game series, and seven-game series for the following rounds after that. Starting in the second round, instead of playing the games in home stadiums, they will all be neutral site location games. So yeah, definitely a little bit of a crazier format in baseball playoffs than we're used to, but of course, this is 2020. 
everything's different this year we just have to adjust to it and roll with it so with that what i'm going to do here with each of the matchups is i'm going to give you a little bit of a breakdown of each of those first round matchups i'm going to give a prediction of who i think is going to win that matchup we'll have a couple of betting plays on series prices as well as one other future play as well for the mlb playoffs so let's start with the american league and with the first three game series and that is between the rays and the blue jays look the rays are the one seed for a reason this is one of the deepest teams in all of baseball they get contributions from all of their players across the board they have an extremely deep bullpen they have a great three-man pitching rotation set for the playoffs in blake snell tyler glasnow and charlie morton with all of that depth that pitching in the bullpen and as well as their batting lineup i think this team really is built for a postseason run as long as they can put it all together here again they are the one seed for a reason i think they're just going to be way too much for the Blue Jays to handle in this three-game series. The Jays have a lot of question marks with their pitching after Hyunjin Ryu. That's just not going to be enough to really match up with this really deep and talented Rays team, and I do think that the Rays are going to advance in this one fairly easily. Moving on to our second matchup in the American League, we have the New York Yankees and the Cleveland Indians. Look, the Yankees were the team that I liked to go all the way before this season started. I do still kind of like them to do that as long as they can get it together they have been sort of disappointing this season most of their big bats have been in quite a slump for majority of the year or injured judge and stanton were both hurt most of the year so when they have come back they really haven't contributed too much glaber torres had a very down year nothing like his explosive year last year and gary sanchez has just been a strikeout machine and still batting well under 200 so again a lot of their bigger bats have been struggling they did have luke voigt who led the league in homers which is great and dj lemayhu who won the batting title becoming the first player in major league history to win a batting title in both the al and the nl so that's great for him but if the yankees are going to make a deep run and eventually win this world series they're going to need a lot more than that judge and stanton gary glaber at least a few of them if not all of them those bats are going to have to wake up and contribute and put some runs on the board if they're going to want to break through it's been the issue for the yankees in their past postseason runs has been putting runs on the board and getting enough offense to win games the pitching has been pretty good the past couple postseason runs but they've ultimately gotten knocked out because they have not been able to get their timely hits and batting guys with runners in scoring position so again the Yankee bats are really going to have to wake up if they are going to make the deep run that I think that they can make the pitching is definitely there this is still one of the best bullpens in all of baseball they of course added star pitcher Garrett Cole to be at the top of that rotation which is going to be huge in this postseason run this year especially when you're talking about a three-game series to be able to pair Garrett Cole with a guy like Masahiro Tanaka who has proven year after year that even if he's not great in the regular season this guy is a great postseason pitcher he's a big game pitcher he shows up when you really need him the most I have all the trust in the world in Tanaka and again to be able to pair him with Cole to be the top two at the top of this rotation as long as the Yankees can put some runs on the board and their bullpen can then protect those leads this is going to be a team that can make the run as long as they get the offensive production and in that first round the Yankees will be taking on the Indians Indians will be leading game one with Shane Bieber their star pitcher who's definitely going to win the AL Cy Young this year he's been absolutely brilliant this season and has been getting better and better over the last couple years this was his breakout year 
they're definitely going to win the Cy Young. He's been an absolute stud. That's going to be one great pitching matchup in game one of this three-game series. Garrett Cole against Shane Bieber, who are right now probably the two best pitchers in all of the American League. So it should be really fun to watch those two duel it out in game one of the series. But for the three-game series as a whole, I do think the Yankees are going to have enough to get it done. They definitely have the experience, and I think that they should win this three-game series over the Indians. That is going to be our first series price that we are going to play here. We are taking the Yankees at minus 134 to advance over the Cleveland Indians. Third matchup in the American League first round is going to be the Houston Astros against the Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins have been good for a couple years now. They hit a ton of home runs. This is a really great batting lineup. The one issue I have with the Twins team is their pitching. Their pitching is questionable at best. It's definitely not a strong suit for this team. They are a team that more outscores their opponents for the most part when they get their wins. They're usually not out pitching them. And when it comes to the postseason, pitching is extremely important. So that's the big question mark for me hanging over the Twins head is if they're going to make a run, they're going to need some of their mediocre pitchers to pitch way better than they usually do. And as for the Astros, unfortunately for them, they will not have Justin Verlander. He is out for the season with his injury. They do have Zach Greinke at the top of their rotation. But when it comes to their batters, most of this lineup had their worst season batting that they've had in a long time. And it's a really funny coincidence, isn't it, that the year after they get caught with the sign-stealing scandal and the banging of the trash cans and that whole thing, they get caught doing that last year. They put an end to it. Then all of a sudden this year, their bats have their worst year ever. Coincidence? Yeah. I really don't have much else to say about the whole sign-stealing scandal and the regression of the Astros after getting caught. I do think that the Twins are going to advance in this series. I just think that they are the better team. They definitely have the better lineup. They're playing better right now. Twins to advance over the Astros. The fourth and final first round matchup for the American League is the Oakland Athletics and the Chicago White Sox. The A's have really been a solid team all year. They pitch pretty well. They hit pretty well. The bullpen is good. They're just a solid all-around team. Big loss for them is they will not have their best hitter in Matt Chapman in the lineup. That is going to hurt them a lot, in my opinion, especially facing off with a team like the White Sox, who really had a breakout year this year. This was their best season that they've had in a long time. They have a ton of young talent on this team. They also have veteran Jose Abreu, who looks like he has a really good shot at winning that AL MVP this year. They added some good pitchers at the top of this rotation, in particular Dallas Keuchel, to go along with young star pitcher Lucas Giolito. This is a really good team, top to bottom. They had a breakout year this year, maybe a little earlier than a lot expected, but if you did listen to my MLB preview podcast episode, I said that the White Sox were going to be a dark horse team this year, and I actually did pick them to not only make it to the playoffs, but to win their division this year as well. So I've kind of been high on the White Sox since before this season started. They lived up to my expectations, got into this playoffs, and I think that they will also advance over the Oakland Athletics in this first three-game series. I'm confident in that pick so much so that I am going to make it my second series price play. They are the underdog slightly in this series, so we are taking the White Sox at plus 107 to advance in this one. Getting them at plus money to me is great because I think that they are the better team, even though they are the underdog on the betting line. So plus 107 will take it for the White Sox to advance over the Athletics. Okay, so that wraps up the four matchups in the American League. So now we will move on to the National League, starting 
starting with the Dodgers and the Brewers. In all honesty, I just don't think that the Brewers are a great team. They definitely do not match up with how good the Dodgers are. Sure, the Brewers have Kristen Yelich, who's one of the best players in baseball. But besides that, I just don't think that there's enough there to match up with this really, really good Dodger team. Look, all the expectations right now are on the Dodgers to at least get to a World Series, if not win that World Series. They seem to keep getting to this point year after year. They're always the best team in the National League, but for one reason or another, they have fallen short in the postseason. Again, a lot of people expect that this is their year. It's felt that way for a few years now. They have not gotten it done. I do think that they will advance over the Brewers in this first round matchup, and then we will see what happens from there. But again, no excuses for the Dodgers. They have everything they need to win a title. They just have to do it. Now, moving on to our second first round matchup of the NL, we have the St. Louis Cardinals and the San Diego Padres. The Cardinals are a team that seem to be in the postseason every year. They're a really great organization. They play really solid baseball top to bottom. They pitch well. They hit well. They're not the best at any one thing in particular, but they're not bad at anything either. It's just a sound, good, strong baseball team that just seems to make the postseason year after year. In this one, they will be matched up with the young, exciting, ahead of schedule San Diego Padres. This team is loaded with talent, led by young superstar Fernando Tatis Jr., who might be playing the best, or hitting the best at least, of any player in all of baseball right now. He was electric all season long. Again, this is a young team, loaded with talent, way better than expected this year, way ahead of schedule in my opinion. I do think that they are going to advance here over the Cardinals and keep their hopeful season going in this one. Next matchup, we have the story of the year in baseball, which is the Miami Marlins, who surprisingly made the playoffs this year, and they'll be taking on the Chicago Cubs. The Miami Marlins were thought by most people to be, if not the worst team in baseball, definitely one of the worst teams in baseball. They far exceeded expectations, making it all the way into the postseason this year. Good for them, led by manager Don Mattingly, who in my opinion should easily win manager of the year this year for getting this roster into the playoffs, where they will be matched up against a Cubs team who played very well this year. They were very solid all year, but personally for me, I'm not a big fan of the way this team is constructed. I really don't like their lineup as a whole. I'm not a big fan of their pitching rotation either. I know that they were very good this year and had a very good record. I don't expect them to do much in these playoffs, and for that reason, I am going to take an upset here. I am going to take the Marlins to surprise the Cubs, advance in this one, and keep their dream season going. So Marlins over Cubs in a big upset for this one. Our final matchup for the first round of the playoffs is the Atlanta Braves and the Cincinnati Reds. The Braves are another team that just seem to be good year after year, always solid. This year they have a great lineup as they have for the past few years, led by Freddie Freeman, who is definitely one of the best all-around hitters in all of the National League and even in all of baseball. But the question for the Braves is the same question that they've had for the past few years, and that is the pitching. I don't believe in their rotation or their bullpen really either. In the playoffs, you got to pitch, and I think ultimately that's why the Braves have fallen short in recent times. On the other hand, the team that they're playing, the Reds, has an excellent starting rotation right now. They have the best 1-2-3 starting pitchers, in my opinion, in Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, and Sonny Gray. That is a handful for any team to deal with in a series, especially in this three-game series, right? Those are three big-time pitchers who are pitching great right now that you get for all three games 
games of this series. And then even when you move on to the five game and seven game, having three studs like that in your rotation is such a luxury to have. The Reds do have it. I think their lineup is pretty good as well. Not an excellent batting lineup, but good enough with the pitching that they do have. I am very high on this Reds team. If you listen to my MLB preview podcast, my predicted World Series was actually Yankees over Reds. That's what I called then, and I am going to stick to that now. So with this Reds team, for one, we will be taking them series price over the Braves at plus 113. I think getting this one at plus money, like we got the White Sox at plus money, is just great value. I love the Reds in this series. Give me plus money all day on them. And we are also going to be putting in the future on the Reds for these NL playoffs. We are taking them at plus 1300 to win the National League and represent the NL in the World Series. Reds plus 1300. Again, I think that is really good value for a team with that strong of a top three in their starting rotation. I think a rotation like that can carry you through the playoffs a lot like the Nationals rotation carried them all the way through and won a World Series for them last year. This rotation for the Reds reminds me of that a little bit. I'm a big fan of what this team has going on taking them to represent the NL in the World Series at plus 1300. So Yankees minus 134 to win their series, White Sox plus 107 to win their series, Reds plus 113 to win theirs, and also Reds plus 1300 to win the NL. Those are all of the betting plays that we will be making on these MLB playoffs. I did say before that my prediction before the MLB season started was Yankees over Reds in the World Series. I am sticking with that prediction. I am not laying the money on the Yankees to win the AL or the World Series. I just don't think the price is worth it for them with the way that they have struggled for most of this season. So again, that is my prediction is the Yankees, but I don't think the price is worth laying the money on. So that wraps up our MLB predictions for now. We will definitely talk more baseball as the postseason goes on. It's going to be a crazy postseason because they said there will be no days off in between games of each series. That's a little bit wild. Bullpen is going to play a huge factor in these playoffs. going to be exciting to see it. Again, this is 2020, so the playoffs are going to look different than they have any other year. I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Okay, now the last thing that we definitely want to get to in this episode is, of course, the NFL, like I will in our weekly episode. This episode in particular focused mostly on baseball and the playoffs that are coming up. So with the NFL, I am going to just do a very quick run-through of each of the teams and what we learned from week three. This week, I'm really just going to be giving a sentence or two or a thought or two for each team because we spent a lot of time on the baseball. But now I do just want to say that next week, week four of the NFL is already going to mark the one quarter way through of the NFL season. That's crazy to me. Football just goes by so fast every year to already almost be a quarter of the way through is nuts. But with next week being the quarter point and with this week just being a very brief NFL rundown, 
The podcast episode next week for week four of NFL is going to be about NFL football only. That will be the one thing and only thing we will talk about during that episode. At the quarter point, we will give a deeper analysis of each team, where they stand after four games, what they need to do moving forward, the whole outlook that they have so far. So yeah, that'll be a nice checkpoint for the NFL season at the quarter point, just a deep check-in with each team. But again, for this week, I'm just going to be giving a thought or two to a sentence or two for each team as we run through week three. Okay, starting with Thursday night where the Miami Dolphins get their first win of the season over the Jacksonville Jaguars, who after their first two weeks looking really solid, really looked like a mess in this one. Now moving on to Sunday and the early games, the Dallas Cowboys fell to the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson once again looked like one of, if not the best players in all of football, continuing his MVP campaign with a win here. And Dak Prescott continues the same narrative that's been going on since last year. He can't win close games. He can't win these one-score games. He has not been clutch at all. In his last 11 games that have been decided by one score, he is now two wins, nine losses. So Dak really needs to figure out a way to finish these games when he's there at the end. If you can't win one-score games, you're not going to win a whole lot of games in the NFL. And if Dak really wants to get paid like one of the big boys, he better start playing like one. Next up, we have the Falcons and the Bears. Yet again, just like last week, the Falcons had a huge lead in the fourth quarter. They could not protect that lead. They blow another one, this time to the Bears. The Bears, in the middle of this game, decided to bench quarterback Mitchell Trubisky and move on to quarterback Nick Foles. Nick Foles puts together a miracle comeback win. He gets the job done in the game, and the Bears have already named Nick Foles as the star moving forward. So that looks like that's it for Mitchell Trubisky as the starter of the Bears. You don't very often see a team that's undefeated with the Bears being 3-0 making a change at quarterback, but they do here. They go to Nick Foles. It's his job moving forward. Next up, we had a really wild game between the Buffalo Bills and the LA Rams. The Bills were way ahead later in this game. It looked like they were going to move on to a dominating victory, but they let the Rams come all the way back in this one and take the lead late. But Josh Allen bounced back. He put together a game-winning drive for the Bills. So again, this one was kind of a roller coaster for both teams, but ultimately the Bills did come away with the victory. They stay undefeated, move on to 3-0. The Rams fall to 2-1. Next, we have the Cleveland Browns getting a double-digit victory over a really bad Washington football team. Big story with Washington is that Dwayne Haskins looked like an absolute mess. He turned the ball over time after time in this game, and then the Browns' great rushing attack, one of the best rushing attacks in all of football, took over this game to lead the Browns to a two-score victory. Next, we have the Tennessee Titans, who got a win over the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings look like an absolute disaster right now. Their defense looks completely lost, like maybe the worst defense in all of football, in particular in their secondary. Kirk Cousins' quarterback looks clueless as well these last couple weeks. A lot of issues with this Vikings team right now as they fall to 0-3 on the season. While the Tennessee Titans stay undefeated, they get their third victory, and they get that third victory the same way with a game-winning late field goal by Steven Goskowski. So three games for the Titans, three wins for the Titans, 
three late field goal winners by Steven Goskowski for the Titans as they stay undefeated on the season. Next up, we have Cam Newton and the New England Patriots put on a dominating performance over the Las Vegas Raiders. They really cruised the victory here. We're never really in that much trouble. They roll to two and one. The Raiders had a huge victory last week over the New Orleans Saints, which started them two and zero on the season. But they get beaten badly here by the Patriots to fall down to two and one. Next, we have the 49ers and the Giants. The 49ers were missing ten of their starters in this game, including their quarterback, their running back, their tight end, their receiver, their pass rushers, their number one corner. So pretty much playing with their backups in this game. But when you're playing a team that's as bad as the New York Giants are this year, it doesn't matter if you're playing with your starters or your backups, apparently. The 49ers absolutely obliterate the Giants with their B lineup in this one. The Giants are a disaster right now. That's a really embarrassing way to lose for them. Next up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Houston Texans. The Steelers get the victory here. The return of Big Ben has gone perfectly for them so far as they remain undefeated after three games. The Texans have not gotten a win yet, but in their defense, they have had the most brutal schedule to start the season, opening with the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers. Really brutal start to the year for the Texans. 0-3 against three of the better teams in this league. We will see moving forward now with the schedule softening up for them a bit if Deshaun Watson and company can turn it around. Our last game in the 1 o'clock slate was the Bengals and the Eagles. There was no winner here. They let the game go all the way through overtime to end in a tie. Both of these teams remain winless. They both sit at 0-2-1. But the strange thing here was late in overtime. It almost looked like both teams kind of submitted. Late in overtime, the Eagles had the ball on fourth down. And instead of going for it, they punted away their last chance to win the game. And then when the Bengals got the ball, they stayed conservative as well and let the clock run out so late in overtime they both conceded to the draw in this one to both fall to 0-2-1 on the season moving on to the later slate of games on Sunday we'll start with the Colts and the Jets the Colts absolutely dominate this one as I thought they would I've been saying it all year I'll say it again I think that the Jets are by far the worst team in football this season there's just not one thing that I like about this Jets team at all moving on the Carolina Panthers and their new regime with head coach Matt Rule, offensive coordinator Joe Brady, and quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. They get their first win of the season over the Chargers, who really disappointed in this one. They looked great last week against the Chiefs. High hopes coming into this one against a struggling Panthers team. They don't get it done. Panthers get their first win. Next up, we have Tom Brady and the Buccaneers getting a win over the Denver Broncos. The Bucs roll to 2-1 on the season, a team that I've said before and I still think is going to continually get better as this season progresses and they gain more chemistry. While on the other side, the Broncos have really just been destroyed by injuries this year. They have injuries all across the board at all the key positions. Very unfortunate season for them as no one is able to stay healthy. The one positive I can say for the Broncos is that their next game coming up is this Thursday against the Jets. So even with their backups, they have a pretty good shot to be a miserable Jet team. We'll see how that one plays out. But on to our final matchup in the late slate of Sunday. The Lions get their first win of the season. They defeated the Arizona Cardinals. There was a big hype train going this week for the Cardinals after them starting 2-0 and how good Kyler Murray has looked. The Cardinals look like a disaster in this game and they lose a disappointing game to the winless Detroit Lions. Cards 2-1, Lions 1-2. 
And our final game of the Sunday slate, the Green Bay Packers against the New Orleans Saints. Rodgers and company for the Packers continue to be dominant on offense. Their offenses look next to unstoppable this year so far. They stay undefeated and move to 3-0 against the Saints, who without Michael Thomas are starting to look a little bit lost on offense. Drew Brees is really starting to look like his best days are behind him. The arm strength is just not there. The defense is not afraid of Brees going deep anymore. Anymore. He just checked the ball down all game. It seemed like it was just the same play over and over again. He looked deep and then checked it down low. Breeze definitely struggling in the Saints offense as a whole without Michael Thomas in the lineup. Just looked completely lost. So that wraps up our quick rundown of what happened in the NFL this week. As I've said before, I do record these episodes on Monday mornings. So the Monday night football game between the Ravens and Chiefs has not happened yet. This is obviously a very exciting matchup between probably Probably the two best teams in all of football. Looking forward to see how that one plays out. Looking ahead to Thursday, I mentioned before, it's going to be the Broncos and the Jets. It's a very ugly looking game with how terrible the Jets are and how injured the Broncos are, but we will see what happens in that one. Looking to next Sunday, some of the key matchups that I'm looking at are an undefeated battle between the Titans and the Steelers in the AFC, both 3-0 to this point. Another matchup, we have the Houston Texans and Minnesota Vikings, who both had high hopes coming into this year, but get off to a very slow 0-3 start. One of those two should get their first win this week. And then third, we have a very interesting matchup between the Chiefs and the Patriots, which should be a good measuring stick for Cam Newton and the Patriots to see where they really stand in this AFC, getting the defending Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs. So with all that being said, we have concluded this episode of the podcast. We got through the MLB playoffs. We gave a little rundown of NFL Week 3. As I mentioned before in our podcast episode next week, it will be a NFL football only episode, a little bit of a deeper dive into each team, what the outlook of the whole NFL is after a quarter of the way through the season. Definitely excited for that episode. In the meantime, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Adam Sports. Check me out there for all the latest updates. I add more betting picks on there as well. So to make sure you don't miss anything, definitely follow me there. This has been Adam Hulse. Thanks again for checking out this episode and I hope you join me again next week.